Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. We have been friends for 13 or more years. Um, and each week we call one another and we catch mm-hmm. up and we record it. And that's it. And we put it Nothing in else happens, right? We just record one episode. Turn it off and shut out the lights. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week. Even if we record an entire episode to be put in a vault and released when it's legally allowed. We Well, we can at least say, and I think we should. We have to. There was action on Facebook today. Joe posted a letter that he wrote, an email. And I guess we could just leave it at that. And some people might be waiting for that story, but for legal reasons which makes it sound even more dramatic we're not going to release it yet yeah so what we did for posterity is mike and i recorded everything that happens and i will tell you there's a beginning and a middle and an end so there's a i guess a resolution of the story right uh but yeah yeah it's for the most part a resolution i mean i don't see unless he yeah yes um <laughs> yes there's a resolution of the story because but, you see uh, here's how the story starts you're like ready yeah. to tell it <laughs> and i just told the story i know for 40 minutes for the third time in the last week oh i'm sure fifth or sixth time i'm sure i'm gonna tell my parents i already told my cousin it's it's adam oh i, I told adam Vot, just listen to oh no i'll probably send adam Vot. i'll i hate to break it to you some people have inside track to our show so he might get like a dropbox link or something he's um you're getting so good at the story it should go in like your book that you eventually write oh yeah yeah uh anyway so uh there's a resolution to it but uh, again it may be a week it may be a year i'm i'm sorry i didn't i didn't realize when i posted that email what was gonna happen but shit fucking went down and I think it's it's wise for legal reasons not to post that episode. So sorry, I, I fucking tickled your ass with a feather. Didn't realize things were going to play out the way it played out. And boy, did it play out. Right. Um, but Great. Um, What else is yeah. going on with you, though? Do you have any other stories to tell me? I've been actually dying to tell you this story. So when I was at my parents' house, mm-hmm. one of the days, you know, my parents have a housekeeper that comes, not every week, but on the reg. Yeah. Okay. Now on the rag, on the regular. Gotcha. And um, she cleans. You know, she does what a housekeeper does. Okay. So, I um, have to run an errand. So she's working. She's working downstairs doing her thing, and I have to run an errand. So I'm upstairs, and I go downstairs. I grab my keys, grab my wallet, and I am walking out the door. She's in my path. You know, this is in my general area, and I'm walking out the door to go run this errand. My mom's in the kitchen, like, eating a bowl of cereal. Right. Okay? And I just kind of glance over and say, hey, bye, Mom. I'll be right back. I'm going to go run an errand. And then when I do, I see a little boy, like, cleaning the floor or something. No. And I go, what the fuck? Right? It's her son. I go, Mom, can I talk to you outside? And she goes, what? And I go, I need to talk to you outside. She goes, ugh. She comes outside and I go, Listen. Why is there a little boy doing yeah. housework? She goes, Joey, but mind your own business. And I go, but wh- why did she bring a little boy? Is that her son? She goes, no, it's so-and-so's brother's son. They just came home from Mexico, and they're waiting for his papers to go through so he can go to school. And she had nowhere else to take him. 
And she's already called a friend, and the friend's going to come pick him up. I don't know when. And I go, okay, listen, that's fine. But I, you know, the girls have toys here, and there's some gender-neutral toys. He's he's nine years old. By by the way, I'm just telling you, I already know he's nine. I find this out later, but it just might as well tell you now. He's nine. I go, have him play with those toys or watch cartoons. But I I don't, that's really weird. Don't, I don't want him working on the, on the house, right? Sure. Whatever, Joey. Right? So, I come back, walk in the house. He's like mopping the floor. Stop it. And I go, mom. (laughs) My mom, by the way, is just like on the phone. You know, like, sure. feet up, you know, feet up on a couch. Like, yeah. And then, the kid's you know, doing her nails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's doing her nails. And she's like, and can you believe what Gloria told? What, Joey? What? And I go, yeah. listen, I need to talk to you. She goes, I need to call you back. Happy, you just can't walk through the door. So then <laughs> I go, I thought I told you. I don't want this boy cleaning. That's wrong. And she sure. goes, Joey, I talked to her and she said he wants to clean. Okay. And I go, no, he does not want to clean. Yeah. And she goes, fine. What do you want me to do? I go, tell her that you don't want him working, that it doesn't make you comfortable, that you would rather he watch cartoons. Yeah. Or that um, play with toys until sure. the woman comes to pick him up. And she goes, Fine. So she, my mom speaks Spanish. So she walks into the housekeeper, and oh, I don't. I'm not here for this. My mom comes. My mom. My mom comes back, and I go, "What's going on?" She goes, "Joey, I spoke to her, and the little boy was right there, and I I told her what you said, and then he came to me, and he tears in his eyes, and he said, <laughs> <laughs> and he said, am I not doing a good job? Is that why you don't want me to work for you?'" So what am I supposed to say, Joey? He, I said he's doing a good job. You're doing a great job, kid. You, It's time for a break, though. Yeah. Come over my here. Friend Shan- my friend Shannon was like, and his hand can get in those little crevices that no one else can get into, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Who's going to clean under the stove, Joey? He does such a good job, Joey. No. Anyway, so <laughs> I go, okay, listen. Then you know what? Here's what we're going to do. Do you have any cash? And she goes, no. I go, because I think what we need to do then is when he leaves with that woman is like pay him five or ten dollars. Right. Right. Sure. Uh, just so he feels good. that He feels rewarded. You know, right. then, then, then there's a lesson here. He worked and there's a reward for his hard work. Sure. And she goes, that's a good idea. So I go, she goes, I don't have any cash. And I go, ugh. Well, <laughs> great okay. idea, Joey. Pay for it. Yeah, so then I go, all right, I'll go to the ATM. So I go to the ATM, I pull out $20, and I'm like, I'm not going to give this kid fucking $20, though, right? So then I have to go get change, right? Yeah, yeah. And then when I get back, the kid's gone. <laughs> okay. And, she, and my mom's just like, see? There you go. That's what you get. So. That's a good Betty story. Thank you. Betty stories are my favorite. We don't we don't get a lot of them anymore. Well, but you know, I was here for two weeks, so uh, unfortunately, half the Betty stories are like complete utter sadness. Right. So, um, cool. What's going on with you? Well, Joey, this weekend, listen to this. I went to drinks with a friend of mine, 
who lives here in the city and has been a feature in other stories, but uh, I'm not going to use his name just in case. Just because I'm telling... For legal reasons? For legal reasons. He's my... Oh, I almost started giving details of your story. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really bad at this, keeping secrets. Um, So for the reason I'm not going to use his story specifically or I'm sorry, his name specifically, is because I'm going to also be telling a story that's really his to tell but is necessary for me to tell my story, if that makes sense. So sure. we, meet, we meet up at a bar. We're in the Castro. The Giants are playing, so, like, it's busy. It's Isn't you know, it weird to you, I'm sorry, that you said you're in the Castro and you dated a guy whose last name was Castro, so you've actually been inside of a Castro? So we're in this bar, we're drinking. Have you been inside or... Castro in the Castro? No, we never visited San Francisco together. Okay, go ahead. So we're just, you know, doing the normal bar thing, and we start talking and catching up. It's been a, a little while since we've met up. And he says to me that him and his, like, I'm asking, like, what's the status of your relationship with the guy he's dating? And he's like, you know, not perfect and blah, blah, blah. Not bad. Wait, is but this not the perfect. one? Is this the one whose boyfriend creepily looks like you? No. Okay. Uh. Uh-uh. I don't know who you're talking about, though. I don't want to edit this show. Was it a woman? I don't want. Is it ed- a woman? Oh no, it was a boy. Um. Oh. Okay. Don't say it. I think I know who you're talking about, but no. So he's like, my relationship's not perfect. Blah blah blah. So I'm like, kind of digging a little bit deeper because he didn't say I'm unhappy. I want to break up tomorrow. He was just like could be better so i dug a little and i was like so what's wrong like is it you know is it this is it that and he's like no no but then he starts listing what he doesn't like joey everything on the list 100 percent of it are reasons that i my relationship with steve is perfect (laughs) like everything he was complete oh by the way the two boyfriends are so steve my boyfriend and my friend's boyfriend are very similar people. We've made jokes about how we're dating the same person, actually. Um, so is is the boyfriend of Asian descent? Um, partially. Okay. And so we're that rule that rules out who I was thinking of. Good. Um, so we're like, well, if you said he looked like me, then it probably wasn't an Asian guy. Probably. Yeah. Exactly. So we're we're chatting and he's like, you know, um, sometimes I tell him like I just need him to change something that he's doing that's annoying me. And he just says, oh, I didn't know that that was bothering you. I'll change it. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? What's? And he was like, I just want someone with passion that's going to like argue a little bit. And uh, OK, this guy's a lunatic. So that was one of the things. And then another thing, and this is something I don't think we've talked about on this show. And in the beginning of my relationship with Steve was a little bit weird. But now I think it's a feature of our relationship. It's something that keeps me here. But it was bothering my friend. Um, So my friend, who I keep wanting to say a name for, was like, uh, there's like three nights during the week that we can't see each other. Like, I can only see him two weeknights per week because of something social he does. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's perfect. Like, Steve and I never spend weeknights 
together, like overnights on weeknights, mm-hmm. which I know is a little bit weird. We've been together over two years, and we only sleep together, like in, like, literally sleep together on weekends, Friday nights, Saturday nights, and then he goes home Sundays. And in fact, your friend of the show, our friend of the show, your friend, who Adam Vaught. Mm-hmm. When that was really awkward for me to figure out how to say, he um when he was up here in Oakland and we went to the gay bar, remember that? Yeah, and that I mean that was like almost two years ago. That was like Steve and I were still really new, right? He or maybe a year, like a little ago. over a year ago. He thought it was weird at that time that we didn't spend weeknights together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're now two years in it, we still don't. And part of that was Steve doesn't like his uh apartment i guess he doesn't like i don't know i don't really know why it has become our routine but um i think that i i actually really do and has kept us together if that makes sense yeah but so my friend (laughs) my friend was complaining about that he's complaining about how when he complains he just changes it changes stuff i don't know it, it it was like the list was all things there was stuff about like him being logically brained and like not emotionally brained and i i think Mm -hmm. that's why me and steve get along so well is that when i'm like emotionally and emotional and stupid steve and his logical brain are like oh this is just mike being emotional i'm gonna step aside for a second and then when i get it together he steps back in do you know what i mean yeah um so i thought that was interesting um, I think that's the end of my story, though. The way I'll relate is this, and I know you might think like, oh, well, it didn't work out with you and Cameron, so... Uh, Great example. Yeah, but but I will say, you know, Cameron and I didn't work on a whole other different plane, you know? Right. But emotionally, I feel we had a very similar dynamic as you and Steve, in that... Cameron was dramatic in other ways and more like actions he took and the results of those actions, but actually as an emotional, uh, he was, he was a really good emotional counterpoint. He never really got emotional. Does that make sense? Sure. So when I was emotional, he was very, he was a very grounding force. And I think you and your personality do need that. Like, yes. Imagine somebody that was as crazy as you about (laughs) just your emotions do take hold. Yeah. But I do feel, I would say even the last like year that's changed, but in the last five years for sure. I mean, me? when, yeah. When I first met you, Joe, you would like get so mad at me. You would be like, I'm never talking to you again. And I like had to email you. Remember this? You were like, and I'm automatically deleting your emails. I'll only see the subject lines. So then I wrote you an email with like the subject lines being a line of each thing I wanted to say. I mean, I believe you. That sounds very Joe Batance. But, but you get in so many of these crazy, stupid fights that you don't remember that specific one. That's I weird. know, but you're That's you're talking weird. to someone. You're talking to somebody who has blocked Cameron. Okay. Right. Who blocked Jonathan? Yeah. So I mean, I guess those are two very valid reasons, and you, you know, sure. you know about both stories, but. Um, but yeah, I I don't remember that. I mean, I don't remember that situation, but it makes sense. But um, I would I would I would actually strangely credit most. I would say eighty percent Marianne Williamson. And that's and that's really what again I've I've said this many times is 
Um, I often make jokes that Marianne Williamson is like this like weird magical genie, right. you know. But the reality is, this is really what the Course in Miracles is about. Is like, okay, let's just keep it in check and recognize what situation we're in, right? Gotcha. Yeah. And then, so I'll give her eighty percent of the credit. But I will say, and Richard and I were just talking about this over the weekend. Is I've had he's like girl, and maybe you can even relate because the 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 podcast actually sort of relates. Is he's like. He, I was telling him some story. He's like, girl, you have had a fucking year this year. He like, starting with Cameron in January to now, so much has happened. He goes like, what is going on in the universe that, that this is happening? Sure. And um, I don't know. I, I actually, so I do feel that Cameron is 20% of it and a catalyst. And uh, again, you, you know. you and Cameron break up? I forget. Was it January? June. No, June. We broke up in June. We got together in January. Oh, shit. So the entire thing kind of ran its course this year. Yeah. Wow. Wait, you guys and broke up in June? Yeah. That's like, I mean, it's that's only a few months ago. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But, and the end of June, June 26th. Okay. So it's weird in that he, he believe it or not, even though it was a brief five-month relationship, um... It, it was an important catalyst uh, into this new Joe Batanz that's emerged. Sure. Because I would say from the time that I ended undergrad in this and I remember in the history of catching up, I ended my business and started this podcast within weeks of each other. Huh. And... Um, well, that's learning exactly all we... these things about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's why we started it, is that like I moved out of... Um, Newport and moved to Malibu, and I said and ended un- ended undergrad industries, and I think I think in talking about that, that's when we decided to do the podcast. Oh, interesting! And yeah, so we did the we started the podcast only a couple of weeks after I ended undergrad, and uh, for the most part, I told Richard because because Richard has a lot going on in his life as well. I said since since the time that we started the podcast up until dating Cameron, my life was pretty much like i was in a cocoon i wasn't really i mean there were things that were happening but i wasn't really growing yeah and cameron even though that's run its course and i I wish him well and i love him is was an important catalyst so like now i'm back in school and now i'm gonna you know try and go to this program and now i'm fighting with english teachers and math teachers and i'm on sirius satellite radio and doing this rupaul's drag race thing and i'm doing this and i'm doing that and uh, I, I'm, I'm, there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on as well. So, like, it's weird that life goes through cycles and sometimes you need people to help you do that. I mean, same thing with Cameron. Cameron, I don't think we've talked about this in the show, have we? That Cameron moved to New Hampshire? I don't think we mentioned it here, no. Yeah, Cameron moved to New Hampshire in August. Yeah. And um, maybe the same thing happened to him. Right. You know? So... Like, sands through the hourglass... So are the days of our lives. Like Mike telling a story, Joe takes it over and makes it about himself. <laughs> That's the name of our show. What else is happening with you, Joe? Any stories okay. I can hijack and turn into something about me? <laughs> Please do. We should, you know what? I'm going to say this. Next episode, it's all Mike Lawson stories. No, come on. You're putting me on the spot then. Well, no, then I'll tell stories about you. Oh, got you. Wait, what? Anyway. 
Okay, you go. tell your personal stories, and my personal stories will be like memories I have of you or something like that. Okay. I have no memories of you. Right. So anyway, I just steal stories from what someone call lies. I'm like, Mike, remember that time <laughs> that, uh, and I go. Or even the stories 32? about me somehow are about you. You're like, okay, <laughs> me and Mike went to this cool restaurant. Here's what I was wearing. Here's what I just came from. Mike, remember that time you dropped me off at the mall and then all these adventures happened to me and you weren't there? Anyway, um, okay, Eng- I have an English class story that, believe it or not, is not anger-inducing or about Trump or Clinton or anything, right? Great. So now we are in the middle of our second paper. It's about a, an essay uh, written about the 1950s. Right, and which specifically, you've mentioned before. Yeah, specifically about uh, the how the nostalgia from the 1950s is misplaced. Okay. Okay. And it's written by a woman who grew up in the 50s. And so a lot of it is about, and this is important to the story, is about here's what the 50s were like. It was great for straight white men. And here's why it was terrible for women. Okay. Okay. And which is fine. It's a very interesting piece. Actually, very I like it very much, actually. So on the second paper, one of the questions we have to answer is, um, uh, what does this paper mean for you specifically? What emotions did it bring out in you? Okay. okay. Sure. So, so today, the rough draft was due. The rough draft of the paper was due today, and because now, ever since Trump and Clinton, and I have to say this for the for the podcast, and I'm telling you as well, ever since this Trump and Clinton thing has ended, the paper, the Mike, first this first paper you guys wrote was about yeah. Trump and Clinton. Okay. Yeah. Mike, she is such a fucking good teacher. Good. She's so good, and we get along. I think I might ask her for a recommendation. Okay. Like that's how good she is. Okay. And she loves me. So, um, so that now class is back to normal. There's going to be no more English drama class that I can anticipate. Okay. Sure. So, um, we by, real quick, by the way. Yeah. Uh, my high school civics teacher was this crazy man. Um, he was one of the best teachers I've ever had, though. Um, mm-hmm. And when I left high school. Oh, oh, by the way, he made a point to never tell you what party he was registered for. And okay. it kind of became a running joke in the class. Like people would ask his opinion on things and it would always be like, oh, that's a sign that you're a Republican or that's a sign you're a Democrat, right? It was like an ongoing mm-hmm. gag. Never told us though. He eventually, he was a, he became a city council member for Fullerton and then uh, became the mayor of the city of Fullerton. And at, but when he ran for mayor, I was old enough to like, read his like op-ed he wrote in the orange county register and i was like oh this guy's a fucking conservative for sure right yeah he eventually Uh got to the um orange county he got a seat on the orange county supervisor board of supervisors and he went fucking nuts publicly nuts super republican uh, but it just goes to show that you don't need – I mean, I feel like teachers are like in, part entertainer, right? You got to grab their attention and keep them there while you deliver whatever the script is. And mm-hmm. he was really good at that. There were like catchphrases he would use to help us remember stuff. There were – to this day when I think of the Depre- the Great Depression, I think of Brother Can You – oh, he was also my American history teacher. I think of Brother Can You Spare a Dime and like the songs he would sing and everything. He was an excellent teacher. His personal politics – politics that were disgusting which i learned later <laughs> well i think it's very similar to this yeah okay that's why i brought it up. and she's a yeah and she's a very effective teacher and so we were doing a very she's done this before and I like when she does this when she takes someone's paper 
and she throws it up on the uh, overhead projector, and she edits it in class. Now, because it wasn't about Trump and Clinton, she was much more democratic about it, and so it wasn't just da- um, that stupid Michael's paper all the time. So she called in this one guy, and she edited his paper in class, right? Which, again, these kids, I don't understand why these kids are horrible, horrible writers. They're awful. I don't know how they get along in life, right? Sure. But, okay. Go ahead. Well, like, for a lot of them, English is their second language, or they're bilingual at least, right? For a lot of them? A lot of them are bilingual. I don't don't know if it's their second language. Sure. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I think that is a, that describes why they're that way. I also think people just are terrible writers. I'm, I'm probably spoiled and i think everyone's a good writer but maybe for the maybe the the norm maybe they're just the norm sure. maybe a little not maybe not as bad as they think they are so you think maybe junior colleges all across this country have writers of the same caliber you think yeah okay okay so anyway uh as as, as so she's done with his paper and then she's done this before because I, I already know how it works she says, okay, now you get to pick who goes next. And uh, this is the way it is in this class now. Whenever she says that, I know I'm next. Like they want to right? see you fight with her or something? Maybe they want to see me fight with her. I don't. I actually think it might be a flattering thing is, oh, he's the smart one. So we want to see what how the smart one does. Okay. Right? So he... Um, or they're he, curious to see your paper. Because yeah. they don't they don't get to see everyone's paper, it's only the ones that go up there. True, true. So she he points to me, and so I go, uh so I hand her my paper. And she's already complimenting me on my writing, so I wasn't too worried. They and could also she, be real quick, I'm just thinking of another possibility. Yeah. They could be protecting the other kids in the class. You don't care true. that your paper's going up there, but like who's who else is gonna like volunteer? Like if, if they asked well, who who will volunteer, will will someone step up to that? No, sure. you're making a good point. It could be we know he's good, and so not and so not necessarily like an aspirational thing. Like let's see the good kids' paper, but more like you're right. I think you're right. Knowing that the other kids aren't as strong, let's put one up to uh, protect the other kids, right? Because he's an old man who knows how to write, and so he no, she won't pick on him. And I'm gonna say because that's not what the story is about. She's very flattering towards my essay. Okay. She's actually now using it as a model for the kids to look at. Okay. Okay, Sure. But the reason I'm telling the story is not for that reason. The reason I'm telling the story is now because the 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 essay is in sections, and so the third section is what emotions did this piece about the fifties bring out in you? And my response, and I started like cringing in my desk. I didn't think it was going to go on the overhead. Was. I didn't really have a response to it, A, because I'm not from the 50s, and then I write, and I'm a gay Mexican man, right? Sure. And I go, and so as a gay man, I was on the fringe, I would have been on the fringe of society in the 50s, and as a Mexican, there was a lot of um, anti-immigrant sentiment in the country in the 50s, and so I wouldn't have, I I didn't fit this mold. Sure. And by the way, I don't know why I'm like, I was... Let me tell you this, Mike Lawson. <laughs> I don't think these kids picked up on it, but if I didn't, even if I didn't say it was directly gay, if I did in the paper, the opening 
paragraphs are about um, I use somewhere that's green from Little Shop of Horrors. Sure, but you to, know those kids are like, what the fuck is that? They yeah, don't. They don't know that that who's makes Liberace and Barry Manilow. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't make so. But it's just funny that the whole class is just like we're just it, ironically the other day after coming National Coming Out Day. Okay, but everyone, it's just there. It is. I am a gay Mexican man in giant letters on the overhead projector, and she's like, "Oh, look at how he constructed this sentence where he says, you know, blah 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 blah." I'm a, and like literally, she kept saying, "I'm a gay Mexican man. Right. I'm a gay." Me-. I'm like, "Oh my god!" It's like she that scene in Golden Girls when they're trying to get a price check on condoms. Do you remember that? Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> Stop looking at that sentence. That's so, just so like, interesting. Ugh. That I mean, I feel like you're pretty well adjusted. I don't think you would have any problem telling any of those kids that you're a gay Mexican no. man. But the just the idea that it's up there and that it's yeah. I don't know. I understand the anxiety inducing, but when you like really look at it in the eye, it's nothing. But it's nothing. And the kids were cool. They actually were. They didn't bring it up. They didn't say like, "Oh man, that's cool. You're gay." But they were more like, "Hey man, good paper." Sure. Sure. I almost kind of think though. Not to toot my own horn, I actually don't think it's a good idea for me to put it up there because I feel it seems to them, oh, I could never write like this, so I'll never do well in the class. Which I, I don't think it's true. I think I think this is above and beyond their level of this class. What's interesting is you know the personal politics of everybody in that classroom because you guys have like <laughs> split the room. You've evidence. You've like looked at Breitbart News together. You know everyone's yeah. opinion. That's so mm-hmm. funny. Yeah, it's a very intimate class. Yeah, I don't know anyone in my math class. Right. Uh, what else is going on with you, Michael Joey, Lawson? I wanted to tell you about Big Blue Test stuff. Um, sure. And I'm going to use my second story time to talk about that. So on our last episode, you and I had this great idea that we are going to start a catching up uh, Big Blue Test exercise group. And for yeah. those of you that don't know Big Blue Test, it's easy. It's go out, get active for 14 to 20 minutes, and then tell us about it. Um, it's a program I do at work. And uh, if you have diabetes, you can test your blood sugar before and after. And if you don't have diabetes, just don't test your blood sugar. And just get active for 14 to 20 minutes. Register that activity as a Big Blue Test. And when you do that, $3 is donated to charity. It doesn't cost you anything. All you have to do is sweat. Um, so we set up this page. You go to cupodcast.com slash test, one word. And you go there. You can fill out a little form. It asks your name, your email, if you have diabetes, what kind of exercise you did for how many minutes, and then the blood sugar before and after, which you would put in if you have diabetes. Skip it if you mm-hmm. don't have diabetes. Uh, hit submit. That is that. So we have this tally of catching up listeners. Joey, yeah. to date... Uh, at the time of this recording, which will be different, hopefully, by a lot once we get it out, we've received 23 Big Blue Tests through the Is Catching Up. Yeah, that's really good. We've raised $69 together for diabetes charities. So wow. catch, Catching Up listeners are responsible for $69 being donated to charity, which is really cool. Now, can um, you tell who submitted them? Yeah. So there's a oh, – uh, I was going to take credit for all of them. <laughs> when you submit – uh, use the name, by the way, listener friends, uh, when it says, what's your name? What I'm looking for is what name do you want to be on our like public tally leaderboard? Because, um, I don't want to necessarily put your last name, but, uh, for example, John arts, friend of the show, I know he doesn't use his full name 
publicly very often. Mm-hmm. So I put his John Arts name. Taylor the Latte Boy, not his real name. He's done a te- a big blue test for us. But has he done his real name or he did No, he did Taylor, Taylor the Latte Boy. Boy. Oh, John smart. Arts put his real name. So I'm just telling our friends listening here, when you fill out the form at cupodcast.com slash big blue test, use the whatever name you're comfortable using. Use your real email. That won't be public. But don't use a name unless you want it to go on the public leaderboard. And I will yeah. just uh, keep it that way. So in first place, by the way. No, you know what? Oh, the- Third place at this Third moment, place. friend of the show, mm-hmm. really good friend of the show, Jimmy Farmer, who uh-huh. I don't believe we've ever done a catching up with catching up with, have we? No. So Jimmy Farmer, if you win this, we're gonna call the person of your choice. It could be you, it could be your mom, it could be sure. anybody. We're gonna give you a call and we'll do a catching up with catching up. Uh, and then Joey in second place, the name didn't mm-hmm. sound familiar when they started coming in, but I've since uh, talked to the guy, friend of the show, Hayoko uh, Haiki. What? H I E L K E. What? H I. I just had a stroke. H I E L K E. Hayoki. Was his name? Oh, he's our friend from Amsterdam. Who has the fashion oh, friend? The fashion oh, boyfriend. Oh, is that the one? Is that the one? Oh, yes, yes. We've yes. chatted with him totally. He, yeah. <laughs> he has diabetes too. I'm pretty sure he does. I think so. Yeah, and so I'm pretty sure that that was something we talked about too. So Hayoki, Hayoki, will you do me two favors? One, keep doing the big blue test every day like you have been. He's entered five tests, Joey, which is uh-huh. fifteen bucks. He's raised for really cool nonprofits that are providing life-saving supplies and services to people with diabetes that are traditionally underserved. Uh, so, Heikel, Heilke, will you... Please stop saying his name. You're really... You, he's going to be a former listener. Will you do me a favor and send me either in email... I know you have my email address or over Facebook. Send me how to pronounce your name so I don't... Keep he just spells his name. Up. You yeah. just... Mike, it's just it's pronounced like Halki. It's not a word that's easy for an English speaker to say with, because of the L K E. I even have trouble spelling it L K E. That's hard for my mouth to do. And then in first place, Joey, friend mm-hmm. of the show, really good friend of the show. He's done seven big blue tests. So Halki is right behind him. Is a friend of the show, Chad. I let's Chad A. I don't know how public he is with his name either. Uh, Gus so, Chad, I think he goes by. Gus Chad has done seven big blue tests. So, oh, wow. Uh, other people that have done the show, and I'm so thankful, is Renee, uh, John Arts, which I talked about, Taylor the Latte Boy, Cassandra Gonzalez, and Jordan Darling. So all of those Ugh. folks have done the big blue test. Thanks to all of them. They're all wonderful people. And I hope you keep doing it. You could do it as many times as you can in a day. There's no limit. Um, and every time you do it, three dollars are is donated to three charities, one dollar to each charity. Um, and you have until November fourteenth to submit. As when many as you when can. did Jordan Darling do it, please? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. I'm at war with Jordan Darling. Um. Can I also tell you, Joe? Well, I want you to. I want you to be the judge on this Jordan Darling. Do war. you want me to pull up the date? I can. Yeah. Um. Okay. And then I also want to talk about really good friend of the show, best friend of the show. Um, Daniel Brewer, John T. John, he goes by a different name too, doesn't he? 
John Marti. John Marti, friend of the show, is a teacher, and I'll leave it there. Uh, but he is organizing big blue tests through the school in which he works, and he's already submitted over 500 big blue tests. Whoa, are you kidding? I am not kidding, and he's just raised a shit ton of money for people that really need it. So that's amazing. He has a plan to do it do it uh, this often throughout the big blue test. So he's thinking he might get me that many almost every day. So if that is the truth, I am so happy. I'm not going to count those chickens until they've hatched, but God, I have um, a question, but I don't know if it's allowed to be on the show. Um, ask later then. So that's my second story. Big blue test. Go to cupodcast.com slash big blue test to enter into this contest we're doing on catching up. If you want to read more about big blue test, go to uh, bigbluetest.org. It's a program of the nonprofit in which I work, which I don't try to cross streams too often, but this is just really too cool to not spread. Um, Let me ask you a question. How many does Joe Batance have? Zero. Zero, Joe. Well, are you giving away any more shitty poetry books and uh, cool bags that I can use to ha- to to carry around my flashlight? Yeah, only to grateful people though. So don't and cum rags. Don't don't think you're gonna get one. But um, yeah, so bigbluetest.org. You can read all about it if you need to read more. You can also just email me at any time, and if you have questions about it, which anytime. a couple people have had. Yeah, email me anytime. I don't read my email when I don't when I'm not around. So email and ask questions or tweet me or whatever you need to do um because we really want you to help people we would i think it would be really cool if we could say catching up listeners raised a ton of money um just now let me ask you this question did you get did you get the answer to the jordan darling problem we have i do yeah he emailed it six hours ago 308 p.m okay all right then you know what then he is not forgiven oh let me tell you this is he yes, a Jordan, RuPaul drag He's race. a RuPaul listener, right? Okay. And I used to have this song I used to sing for him. I said, do not sing anymore. Okay? Okay. Because I made up this fucking song for this Jordan Darling. Okay? And I'd sing it on the show all the time. And uh, then I'm listening to this pod is my co-pilot, right? And they have their 400th show. Okay. And uh, Taylor the Latte Boy goes, oh, we got an email from a uh, listener from RuPaul's Drag Race listener, Jordan Darling. And it's like, dear Taylor the Latte Boy, I love Pod is My Co-Pilot. In fact, I've gone back and I've listened to 40 episodes in a week. And all I can do is just listen to your show and listen to your show. And I want to meet Rodan and all that. Have we gotten any emails from Jordan Darling? No. Okay. Then... Thank you. Then, Taylor the Latte Boy, you don't know this because you don't listen to RuPaul's Drag Race recap show, available on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. On the last um, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race recap, which came out today, Taylor the Latte Boy plugged Big Blue Test. Okay. Oh, so, so you that were thinking mean- that maybe he listened to... Taylor say do the big blue test exactly that's what so I thought if he listened to catching up and he did it then I would be like all right he gets a pass I'm not at war with him anymore but now that I know that he Uh, only did it because Taylor asked him to do it gotcha 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 so did Taylor give out the catching up URL or did you yes he did he used the catching up URL gotcha 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 
cool. So Jordan, darling, I know you don't listen to the show. But you're dead you know, to well, me. Let, let, well, let me, I'll say this. Let's, we'll find out if Jordan Darling's listening. Jordan Darling, email RuPaul's Drag Race recap at um, rdrr at pride48.com with this word. Okay? Um, what's the word? I don't know. Cactus. 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 Jordan Darling, email cactus to rdrr at pride48.com. Hey, I just fe- realized rdrr sounds like somebody with the stupid laugh. Right? RDRR. Well, have, have you heard the show? No. Well, no one's laughing at our show. It's, it should call it boo hoo 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 at pride48.com. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so you have until November 14th. I would say that's when uh, Joe and I are going to stop collecting them at cupodcast.com slash big blue test. Uh, but you can submit as many as humanly possible from now until then. Uh, and many great nonprofits benefit from that. Okay. Um, cool. So, cupodcast.com slash big blue test. Uh, join the movement. Help yourself help others. It's easy. Um, okay. What else? What do you do? Where are we at time wise? Do you want to do a news story? No. Uh, what's going on next week? Mike, we've done two shows today. I know. What's going on next week with you? Next week, I don't know. I know I have stuff going on, but um, oh, remember that um, that uh, ABC? Did I say it was ABC? I don't know. That diversity mixer I went to um, oh, a few yeah. months ago, and no one there was diverse. I knew it was ABC, but I don't know if we talked about it on the show. But sure, I don't. I don't give. A, I don't give a shit now. Um, I'm going to that again, but this time John Paul's going to go with me. Okay, so I'll know somebody, and he's diverse. Sure. And I know I'm doing that. So and there then will I'm be also, at oh. least two people of color there. <laughs> yeah. This weekend, I'm going with John Marti, Nico Martinez, his husband, and uh, Danny to the Magic Castle. Remember oh, you know what? John... John told me that. Yeah. Oh, you talked to John Marti off the show? Yeah. All the time. Well, well... <laughs> you just caught me in something, but yes, I do. <laughs> I, Joe, you don't want to edit out, and this would have to be edited out. So if you want me to say it now, I will, or we can say it after we stop recording. Okay, we'll talk after we record. Okay. So you're going to okay. Magic Castle. Cool. And uh, Danny, Magic Castle, and then I feel that there's something else going on. I don't know. Okay. That's it. Cool. What, what are you going on? You can tell me what you have going on. Nothing. Laun- I'm launching Big Blue Test on Friday, so that's going to be a lot of my time and effort and everything. Just Steve and I are doing dinner and a movie <laughs> this weekend. Nothing too crazy, but that's okay. That is okay. Um, yeah. I'm actually planning, Joey, on the weekend after Big Blue Test ends. I'm going to go to Yosemite all alone for three days <laughs> and camp. Okay, well, this was the last episode of uh, Catching Up. We got a few more weeks. Oh. <laughs> All right, Joey. Like, you're not going there to commit suicide, are you? No, I'm going to go and... I mean, I'm going to, of course, bring my cell phone and stuff, but I'm just going to like disconnect for a weekend. And Will you bring your flashlight? Probably not, no. Maybe lube, but not a flashlight. Okay. Um. Yeah. Oh, by the way, my sister has been texting me every time she listens to Catching Up, so... Uh, that's a great thing to think about right now. My brother listens to the show. Cool. 
I, f- I feel like that's different. I really do. Even though you're gay. There's something different about that. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, nice catch. Bye, Joe. Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, I mean... Um, uh, um, 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 um,